0: Sit tight and listen keenly while I play for you know a brand new musical biscuit.
1: I hope you realize you're playing that. Listen, I'm
0: up you are Spain. Yeah. I it. Me. Welcome to 80s Only, your trip back to the 80s from two guys who are there and most importantly had the best hair. I am the 80s guru himself, Monty Griffin. Hello. Yay. And with me is the Lone Star of the 1980s. That's right, I'm talking about Eric Swainy.
1: Thanks, Monty. I appreciate the Lone Star reference. You know, Spaceballs is a is, is a fun one, and uh, that's as close as I'm ever going to get to being Han Solo. So thanks.
0: Exactly. Actually, we'll go over it a little later. But uh, 1987 was a big year for Bill Pullman. The first time I ever saw him was the year before in Ruthless People, and then the next year he's like leading two major releases. He as uh, he's leading Spaceballs, and he also led the Serpent in the Rainbow.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, we we discussed *Serpent in the Rainbow*.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, we did that um, a couple weeks ago. Yay! Um, so, Eric, want to get started on this week in the '80s?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. This week in the '80s, and also the nineteen eighty-seven in film.
0: Yes, today's episode we're doing nineteen eighty-seven in film. But first, we're just gonna do a few things cool in the '80s that we want to go over since it is Christmas time. There we go. So here it is: this week in the '80s the number one movie this week in 1989 Christmas Vacation yes with the man, the myth Chevy Chase and Cousin Eddie <laughs> before you went batshit crazy in real life
1: that's right uh, that, that, oh, Christmas Vacation is a classic you know I, last year I uh, went to see it again in the theater and uh, oh. I'm scheduled to go again to see it in the theater this week what,
0: what are a couple of your favorite scenes of that movie
1: um, I, my, one of my favorite teas is when, uh, when Clark says to Eddie, take you out in the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that scene. Um, of course I also, uh, uh, love the scene where the, uh, uh, hair is on fire. Everything's on fire. The toupee is on fire right. and it's just utter chaos
0: that's like one of those, like I watched it and I liked it. And then it was on, they started playing on Christmas all the time and you started listening to it. And I'm all, this movie's actually pretty fucking funny. You know? yeah. yeah, it is and just the more and more you watch, you, you catch all those little jokes, like, you know, cousin Eddie dancing, you know, in the front yard, sugar's full. <laughs> you know? yeah. they're, they're talking about how long cousins Eddie's been out at work for like eight years. And i yeah, he's holding out for upper management.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's holding out for, I mean, there's just great little lines and, 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 and it's a, uh, the, of course, everyone remembers everyone who's seen it, and a lot of people who've seen it remember the lighting of the house. The light, <laughs> I mean, it powers down the entire city. And of course, uh, uh, you, we can't forget uh, also in that movie is uh, uh, Elaine Bennis
0: Oh yes, yes, she was. She's, I always thought she was cute. Yeah, Julie Louise Dreyfus, is awesome in that movie. Come on, where lines I like from the kind of kind of cousin Eddie part is when the when the dog is choking, he's all like. He's all well cousin Eddie if you wouldn't feed him from the table maybe we'd Chuck he's all no Clark I think he went through the trash can
1: <laughs> yeah and also um uh, I I use this line a lot uh also from this movie when he says uh it's best just to let him finish
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the one I
0: like the two I liked was uh when he uh, uh when Clark walks in with one of cousin Eddie's little girls and she's all what's wrong I'm sorry I've been I've been shitty bricks lately. He's all language. He's all. I'm sorry, Shitty rocks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie's that movie's phenomenal, and it's on all the time. And actually, actually, uh, that one took over for me uh, over a Christmas story, only yeah. because of the, just the nonstop hilarity.
0: Yeah, I, I think my, my favorite line is uh, Eddie. Uh, because then he's talking about how he had to have his metal place, his metal uh
1: plate replaced in his head because every time he turned the microwave on, he would piss in his pants and forget he was for yeah. 30 minutes. That is that I mean, my god, there's just the writing, all that.
0: Boo, 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 boo,
1: boo, boo. And you know, Chevy Chase seemed to actually be having a good time in that one, oh, yeah. but uh, we, uh but we know differently, don't we?
0: Yeah, so apparently, um, even though it was a great movie, uh, Chris Columbus, uh, who you know directed you know Harry Potter movies um he directed nine months uh, he directed Mrs. Doubtfire he's supposed to direct a movie but he and Chevy Chase had some issues or couldn't get along where the movie should go so Eric what movie did they give Chris Columbus to direct?
1: Mira Mira Mami el Home Alone
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the rare win-wins because both movies ended up doing very well Home Alondo became the highest grossing comedy of all time back in the 90s but I also kind of wonder if chris columbus would have directed christmas vacation how it would be probably be about about 10 funnier because he's an incredible comedy director
1: that's true it might have been it, it could have added just, it, you know, just a little bit of a spark to it yeah. maybe maybe some joe pesci exactly <laughs>
0: So, Eric, this movie copy kind of, spoke to us back in 1987. What came out this week in the news business movie?
1: Oh, uh, I think uh, there was a thing with Jack Nicholson and with Holly Hunter and with William Hurt and, of course, Albert Brooks. That's right, Broadcast News. Yeah, um, Broadcast
0: News. Uh, basically, the person who wrote it and James Brooks. They like they stayed around Washington, like news uh, news agencies for like. Four or five years, just writing everything, just get everything going. Like the Holly Hunter character is actually based on somebody, somebody real. Uh, the William Hurt character, who's an idiot, do you know who, who who he is based on?
1: Tom Brokaw, allegedly.
0: I thought it was uh, no, no, Peter Jennings.
1: Peter Jennings, allegedly.
0: Yeah, because womanizer, not too bright, apparently.
1: Oh wow. Okay, I always thought Brokaw. Well, thank you for enlightening me, Bonnie.
0: Okay, so a couple of other things. Um, first time I saw a movie in a theater. Okay. Jack Nicholson was not credited at all. So you didn't. And this is before the internet. You didn't know he's going to be in the movie. How like shocked and excited you are when like Jack Nicholson just happens shows up in the middle of the movie.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden his head is on the screen full size and you're like, what the hell is going on here?
0: Yeah, I'm just like Jack as just like my jaw hit the ground. I'm like, Jack's in this movie because like he's you know in the peak of his powers. He and James Brooks are yeah. friends because uh, you know, um Truman's endearment, he won another Oscar for that. But like you just see Jack and it's it's great because one of the cool things back then is there's no internet. Usually on Monday, we all would have known about it, just like we knew about Superman's um cameo in Black Adam.
1: Right, which meant nothing apparently now
0: exactly i don't i don't understand anything why do you want to read get i don't okay this i'm gonna go off real quick Disney.
1: yeah i'll join you
0: disney films what the fuck are you doing you got rid of wonder woman three movie people would go see and you you promise us henry cabello is going to be doing superman again and then he's not i don't i don't get that
1: yeah the new uh the new new hot shows over there at uh, dc are are mixing things up a bit and i i I think there's i think you know uh, um they've scrubbed uh cavill and gal gadot's uh uh cameos Budgets. from the new flash movie yeah so they're they get they're, so they're losing are they gonna i know they lost patty jenkins uh and the and wonder woman 3 script but are they gonna keep the current wonder woman in place i doubt it i think I don't they're know
0: gonna, that I, I, uh go ahead i'm sorry
1: i think they're i think they're gonna uh try and wipe everything off of that after the flash is released
0: wasn't uh there's supposed to be a michael keaton cameo in the flash as well that got wiped Michael
1: that- Keaton has a big part in that, In that, but it's not wiped yet.
0: It's not wiped, okay. No. Yes, and then I think, so yeah, so I don't know what they're going on, but oh, well, I'm pro-gal gadette. Wonder Woman 3, that would make mi- millions of dollars. Actually, almost yeah. a billion, probably. I don't get that, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, Eric, what movie was released in 1984 this week that was filmed near us in the Sands of Juarez? That is a sequel. sequels coming out on a remade version of this movie <laughs> this <story. laughs>
1: wow that was a long one and i know they haven't remade the border no it's uh david lynch's dune all about <laughs> the spice dune and sting and sting battling with his, with weight with these weird knives borders it's a horrible movie <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, those, that you're
0: excited because it's a big deal because jack was in el paso for the summer filming and then they didn't know if they're gonna release the movie when they finally did you're just like okay
1: <laughs> yeah why that's why i remember going why yeah that was a bad one. but dune uh i i actually enjoyed it but but then that's just the you know the sci-fi uh the sci-fi in me the sci-fi lover in me because i like the the you know the blue eyes colin mclaughlin and it was it was just it was kind of fun it was creepy weird fun yeah, the
0: uh, thing about that movie, uh, one of my buddies in college who's you know, my brother friend in high school, but we all, we all hung out. That was like one of his favorite movies. So when we come back drunk from 6th Street, we pop in Dune and he would explain it to me. And we're like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> running, to-
1: see, running commentary. Yes. Even before running commentary.
0: Uh, funny part, it uh, was weird because he started his secrecy tour with red hair. Sting in the bright red hair.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he had to for the character. I mean, come on. Sting the actor.
0: Yes. Unfortunately, the movie took a bath. Uh, David Lynch, if you watch that movie, is his name even
1: on the movie that he directed it? Oh, no. But but I think now he's starting to acknowledge it more because it has such a huge cult following.
0: Right. And then uh, what do I have? Yeah, that's what I took a bath. Uh, also, this week in 1987, I liked it back then, but I don't know how I feel about the movie now. Um, I, I think it just might be kind of too dark and nothing and just kind of boring. Throw Mama from the train. Owen. Owen.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, that movie was one of those uh, for me that uh, it didn't, it didn't hit the, the, it didn't hit the mark for me, even back then. It was like, okay, it's all right, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it should have been better Danny DeVito, Billy Crystal. It's just a little, I guess that's Danny DeVito's like first directing movie. And it was just a little too
1: dark and a little just too blah. Yeah. It was a little too blah and a little too much. Hey, look at me. I'm Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so that was the number one movie in America, this part in 1987. Uh, this week in 1986, Eric, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy returned to the movie screen. What did he release? Eddie Murphy?
1: Oh, Eddie Murphy? Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy returned to the screen with The Golden Child, which I thoroughly enjoyed.
0: Yeah, so basically, um, he hadn't been in, on, in front of the cameras on uh, a movie since Beverly Hills Cop 1. He took 1985 off to become a
1: rock star. Yes, a rock star with party all the time.
0: Um, Eddie Murphy in the Playboy interview said he thought the Golden Child script was better than the Beverly Hills Cop 2 script, but but what happened? um, Beverly Hills Cop actually made him a lot of money. Uh, Golden Child did well, but not as well as they thought it was going to do.
1: I think people got were a little too uh, they were they wanted more slapstick and less uh, Eddie Murphy being a hero. Exactly. Which is kind of weird, but but you know the best uh, for me the best part of this movie was uh, the introduction to Charles Dance.
0: I'm sorry, I don't know him. I know I know uh, Tywin Lannister. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Tywin Lannister was introduced to this movie. That's right. <laughs> he would go on movie. to and he would go on to play yeah. ultimately probably the same character in the Last Action Hero.
0: Yeah, you no, know, no, the same character. It's not even. Oh, that's a guy from Golden Child. <laughs> <That's>,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, this world. The villains, the bad guys can win.
0: <laughs> yeah, last action hero. The good thing, best thing about that movie is Angie Everhart and uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras. Ooh,
1: Bridget Wilson Sampras. Uh, what about, was, uh, oh yeah, Bridget, Bridget Wilson Sampras was wearing some short shorts in that one. Anyway, yes. I'm sorry. Go, let's go back to Golden Child. Before Thank she you. started dating Billy Madison, but a well.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, oh well. So, who was supposed to direct Golden Child at first?
1: The guy named John Carpenter. That's right. Halloween man.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, director's League project. So he left from there. He did. Um, that might have,
1: wow, that would have been a different movie, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it would have more like uh, more mystical stuff in it, kind of more like because he wouldn't go direct uh, Big Trouble Little China. I think it would have more of that flair than just a comedy flair, just making the Eddie Murphy movie. Also, they rushed um, Big Trouble Little China out to beat that movie. in, in the box office world, how did Big Trouble Little
1: China do, Eric? Not very well. Not very well at all, but again, cult following. Oh,
0: yeah, I.
1: I mean, it's a it's 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 considered a cult classic now.
0: I I love it. Um, I don't even I don't even know if I watched it all the way through because I would always get bits and pieces, and I'm all, well, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah.
1: That I mean that that was good. That was released. Uh, that was that that one was released before uh Kurt Russell in his first cosmopolitan role, Tequila Sunrise,
0: <laughs> when he's playing Pat Riley, basically. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no uh, but uh golden child i like Golden child i i actually uh i i own that movie uh and i i watch it occasionally just because it, it i don't know there's there's a lot of fun there's a lot of fun to be had uh in golden child that that, that is a different kind of fun than the beverly hills cop franchise
0: yeah, exactly all right um this week in 1986 eric was there a movie about three people that came out
1: <laughs> well are we going to do the thing because we are the three amigos. <laughs> I think I did
0: that with Hugo or something. Or Hugo did it in front of me or something. Oh, we
1: did it. We we all did that, buddy. We did it. We sat there and did it. You, Hugo, and you I. See, yes. I remember that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We kind of want to forget that, but we remember that one. So exactly.
1: Nobody wants to be the Martin Short character.
0: Was it Ned? Was it Ned?
1: Ned. Ned-er? Ned the
0: Yes, Um, I'm pretty sure that movie um, that uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short struck up a friendship since they hosted Saturday Night Live together like a couple Saturdays ago.
1: Yeah, and they and they had a a great show on uh, Hulu.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I think I don't think Chevy Chase has been back on Saturday Night Live since like
1: 1997. No, no, and 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 even in that movie, it seemed like there's a disconnect with him. Yeah, with this, you know, the the character. It's like he probably, you know, maybe he was an ass on the set. But you know who else is in that? Phil Harbin.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's awesome in that movie. I think Get the like amigos I, <laughs> I think John Levis is in it too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah yes, he so. is.
0: Because yeah, I guess Lauren Michaels produces all the side out live people. A couple of things I like in that movie. I like it uh, when El, when when he's talking to El Hefe and El Wapo like, El Hefe, would you say I have a plethora of presents? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes, uh, Could it be one more, once again, El Guapo, that you are? <laughs> are you making fun of heavy? You know he goes no, yes, yes. You definitely have a plethora. I mean, mo- mo- most of us learned the word plethora and the yeah, definition of it after it. that movie, right? <laughs> yeah, gonna take, yeah. I'm gonna go look that up.
0: <laughs> and then the other one I like uh, when they are you, I'm supposed to see the singing bush. Are you the singing bush? Hello,
1: are you the singing bush? Yeah, yeah. Excuse, because the singing bush is sitting there is 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 going. My body lies over the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bush and it's singing and he walks up to it and he goes are you but it's singing ridiculous songs like that my body lies over the ocean excuse me are you the singing bush and then they're supposed to be followed by the invisible like a uh,
0: knight or something but chevy chase yeah doesn't... the
1: invisible swordsman
0: yeah but chevy chase doesn't shoot his his bullets in the air <laughs> he shoots yeah inside. chip chip
1: chip 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 nanny Yeah, there's some great parts of that movie. And, you know, I was just thinking about this with Steve Martin as I was talking, doing the Singing Bush thing, you know, uh, and about uh, Plethora. Most of us uh, also, by the way, learned a little bit of French from Steve Martin. Omelette du fromage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He spoke French. (laughs) Uh, One interesting thing about that movie, uh, Sam Kinison was supposed to have a cameo in it. It It's supposed to be pretty funny. And it ended up on the uh, cutting room floor. And I don't think anybody can find that anymore. It, they just lost that.
1: Yeah. And uh, Three Amigos went on. Uh, that ended up being directed by John Landis, uh, American Werewolf in London. John Landis.
0: Didn't we talk about a movie of
1: his uh, a couple years ago, Eric? I can't remember. Uh, was it Spies Like Us? Was it Spies Like Us? It was. And you know why? You know why I can't remember? Because I lost touch with uh, with Vanessa. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: There you go. Vanessa Angel is not calling us back still. Oh, well. She is not. And it makes me sad. You know, it makes me so sad that I should probably just suck it up and buy a toy.
0: (laughs) Ouch. That brings us to our next movie that was number one movie this time. (laughs) 40 years ago in 1982, I'm talking about Richard Pryor. I'm talking about Jackie Gleason, the toy, directed by Richard Donner. This movie was going to be great. Was it, Eric?
1: This was one of the worst movies ever made ever I, I i i can't even I, and can you imagine can you imagine just hey hey everybody uh here in 2022 let's we're gonna invite you to a screening of a movie and just put that on and see the reactions of, of the uh the woke uh uh
0: <laughs> oh my god buying a oh my god buying a african-american yeah. man to put oh my god that is not gonna a,
1: a rich white man buys an african-american man as a toy for his son <laughs>
0: yeah
1: wow yeah. But you know, it was 1982 and it was Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. So hey, well, who cares, right?
0: I I remember I couldn't wait for I was waiting for that movie because Richard Pryor was like doing a lot of movies. Um then you find out later on most of the movies he was doing were not that good. Uh the toy was like one of the ones I was, I, I saw that 12 or 13. I couldn't wait and I'm just watching, I'm like I don't think I like this.
1: <laughs> this is yeah. not that good. This one doesn't have Gene Wilder, therefore it's not funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, because they,
1: they they work so well together, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, um, uh, funny part of what happened in that movie, Eric? Do you know what happened to the boy in that? And that's that the boy is known for two things in the that played Jackie uh, Gleason's child. What Can other movie? Some... What
1: other movie was he in? Oh, I thought maybe he killed someone. No. Oh, what I don't. Other... I. I have no idea. I, I lost... I have no idea what... I don't, I don't... I tell you what, I could not care less. No, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Tell me. He was in Christmas Story. He's the kid that gets his tongue stuck to the
0: pole. Oh. Uh, is he in the new one? I don't know. Might be, but you know what his career did after that? This is a Hollywood, true Hollywood story.
1: He ended up he, with with the Corries.
0: No. He went into porn. Oh, of course he did. And then... Uh, and then they talk about how his first scene he could not perform.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say in his first scene his tongue got stuck to something else.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> that would have been better. That no, was like funny because he's like talking about yeah, it's a big deal that uh, I went into porn because I've had I had mainstream movie success, and I'm thinking no one knows who the fuck you are, Scott Schwartz. <laughs> it's like <the> right <laughs>
1: but this mainstream. is like mainstream
0: you're living off something from '82. no you weren't really a household name you got lucky and the toy didn't make it and then you have a good scene in another movie and i can't tell you one thing you did after that so so, so.
1: yeah i mean you're not jake lloyd for crying now, though.
0: exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well money. i want to move along to some music from the this week in the 80s can you tell me what uh what the number one song was in 1989. And I know why you brought this up because I know I know why you want to talk about this. And I, I thought we settled all this. Maybe not. In
0: 1989, the number one song is Lost in Your Eyes by my girlfriend at the time, Debbie Gibson, who had success outside of 1987, unlike
1: Tiffany. <laughs> nice try. Tiffany's still the hottest of the land.
0: And now it's time for Eric's long distance, or should I say pod distance. Dedication of the
1: week. I don't know, Monty. Is it a long-distance dedication or is it not? What should we call it? We'll figure it out later. All I know is this week's long-distance dedication comes to us from Andrew Ridgely. He says, my man, uh, my friend left me and he he made a song that broke my heart. Could you please play George Michael's Faith for me?
0: Yes, I will.
1: Could you please also, Monty, stand by the jukebox with a guitar? (laughs) Thanks, Monty. Here's Faith, our long-distance dedication. Take care, Andrew.
0: I'm glad I wore my tight jeans for this. Yes. Is, I picked a perfect day for this.
1: Yes, for all of you, for all of you that don't know there are still jukeboxes. Uh that, that play that play music. I'm, I'm they're mostly in bars, so people don't just have people don't just have them standing around in their houses money yeah Yeah. it's
0: kind of weird so uh about a jukebox one of the places i hang out with it used to be you can do it all you know on your phone it was like five dollars for six songs so i wouldn't think twice about doing it now it went up to seven for six songs and i'm just like no not gonna do it even though when it was five dollars i would spend like 15 20 bucks a night on on, on the songs
1: i know (laughs) and touch tunes
0: yeah yeah but seven i'm just like no not gonna do it i refuse
1: (laughs) You try to do two for Tuesday or three for Thursday.
0: Exactly. Two for Tuesday. That was like, was that Kelly Q or K- Yeah, Q. Two for Tuesday.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I Certainly a lot of radio stations had to have done that. <laughs> I think like, it was just in El Paso. It's kind of like also like getting the lead out.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: We're getting the lead out and we're going to play the same two songs Over the Hills and Far Away and Stairway to Heaven.
0: Yeah yeah so uh, george michael a big year at 1987 he goes solo he becomes a sex star you know he has you know i want your sex has faith he has uh was it father figure from this album it's kind of big as well
1: yeah father figure i mean that was huge uh and and um oh gosh there was a uh song with teacher yeah there are things one more try
0: one more try yeah yeah, just yeah, he, he crushed it that year. So
1: yeah, and why I want your sex and monkey. Don't forget monkey, monkey, yeah, monkey, monkey. Yeah. Why can't you do it? And 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 that you know, little girls and older women and every women across the globe fell in love with George Michael all over again with that his new look, which he would uh, which he would talk about in the in the in the in the, in the song Freedom ninety ninety. Yeah, not even in that video
0: with all the hot models. We that's like yeah. a video back then. And
1: he would re- reference get a, MTV making him get a whole new look.
0: Yes. He uh, basically uh we find out later uh, none of those girls had a chance with him. You'd had a better chance if you met him in a bathroom. I'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> Ooh or drunk in the car. No, RIP George because that guy had the that guy had a phenomenal voice.
0: Exactly. All right, Eric, it's time for our subject of the day. Movies of 1987.
1: Is it wait, what? Movies of 1987
0: already? Oh my god. I'm pretty. Oh my God, Monty! What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, this is pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. And then I, I just uh, speaking of uh, the movies of 1987, were any of them starring George Michael?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Unless I don't think so either.
1: You know about? I don't know. I just remembered. I just now remembered getting a leather coat and some of those sunglasses.
0: <laughs> I bet you did. I can guarantee you. I it.
1: just now remember, and, and probably some of those boots and some ripped jeans. Oh my gosh, Eric! What did you do? Yeah, yeah. You're you, you, Monty's like. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so you're on Mocky Brain Lane picking up girls. <laughs> no, no, no. I would only wear these I would only wear that costume to parties. Do you remember what? Do you remember what? Uh, what bars you went to in '87 in Dallas? Um, the Green Elephant. Okay. Um. I don't think that's around anymore. Across the street bar, I think it was called, and then there was one uh, where a bunch of bands played. Okay.
0: I'm sure they're all closed. now.
1: <laughs> and then, and yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, um, and then because, uh, because a, a, you know, we go mostly there, occasionally venture down to Deep Elm, but that's about it. I, I don't really remember. Wow, that's weird.
0: Yeah, El Paso, I was hanging out. Couldn't get any place because I wasn't 21 yet. So I was still going to Tequila Derby. Yes, my life. Wow. Is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's how yep. awesome my life was.
1: Yeah, but is a is it as it was was such a good tradition back then. Yeah, it was so. so you, you couldn't get your head lopped off. It was kind of fun.
0: All right, Eric, let's do the top ten movies of 1987. But let's start at ten and go backwards, unlike the, the I, unlike the way I wrote it on the outline.
1: Now these are my let's uh, for our for for everyone listening right now. These are the top ten uh box office grossing movies, not not our favorites. We'll get to all our right. favorites later.
0: Yeah, a couple things I want to go to. I actually put down the uh, how much each movie made, which I thought was kind of funny. Some of these, what 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 they made, the, some of this would be like a failure weekend for some of those Marvel movies.
1: And- I know, I, oh, yeah. Or so yeah. Wow, I made that much in the year. Wow, look at that. You know, it's like people be like that. That was a weekend. Yeah,
0: would, <laughs> would, like whatever the whatever the number one movie of the year is, which we'll go over. I'll be shocked if Avatar: Way of Water does not make that this weekend.
1: Right, exactly, or or on its opening day, probably, or preview night on, uh, you yeah. know, Thursday. What, what was about? Uh, um, and and they, one day we'll look up uh, these adjusted for inflation and see what they are.
0: Yes. Yes, we can do that. We're not going to do that right now because the outline's already written. <laughs> I'm only doing it once.
1: <laughs> no, I said one day. I said I, I said one day we'll do a, a segment about uh, about the, with these films suggested for inflation, not Just these like particular t- films, but some films.
0: Just like I told you, um, in 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 newspapers, newspaper room, I'm only writing the article once. You take you got to take what I get.
1: <laughs> well, or or as you told me, as as you told me in the newsroom, I'm only writing this part of the article once. Can you finish <laughs> that up? Yeah, this part. This part <laughs> Yeah. Let's break it down by paragraphs.
0: Yeah, I was the uh, I was the uh, spo- spoiled talented writer sometime.
1: <laughs>
0: I can write in a minute. I'm gonna talk to a girl. Hold on.
1: Bonnie, yeah. <laughs> I will give you this. You are phenomenal at outlines. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, at number ten, movie of nineteen eighty seven. Eric. This follows three women from what were they and where were they?
1: They were uh, well. The, the The amazing thing about this, uh, as a tease, uh, is that it was directed by George Miller, which yeah, is fascinating. I,
0: I was shocked. I thought for sure at one point I thought was, this would be like a Mike Nichols movie, you know, Jack, you know, you know, Jack Nicholson and, and all that. But George Miller, who's known for the zombie movies and Mad Max,
1: yeah, he 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 directed this one, and uh, uh, it stars Cher.
0: Should we say the name yet or not? Or do you want
1: to No? I want to say it's our share. Okay. And Michelle that's Fiber. all you need to know. Michelle. And Michelle Fiber. Fiber and Jack Nicholson. Suzanne Sarandon? And the, and the other one. <laughs> Suzanne Sarandon. <season laughs> yes. 10. That movie, of course, we're talking about is The Witches of Eastwick, which is which is a fun, fun movie to watch over and over. Eric, isn't there somebody from Alien in that movie? Is Michael
0: Bain in there? Alien, the original. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Is Yafet Koto in there? No, she died with Yapakoto in that scene.
1: Is Veronica Cartwright in there? Yes, she is. Wow. I messed up because
0: was her name Lambert in the movie?
1: Yeah, Lambert.
0: I was like, in my head, I was Veronica Lambert. (laughs) He
1: actually said it right there, (laughs) correct
0: correctly. Yeah,
1: Veronica Lambert. (laughs) I I, I,
0: I seriously can only think of her in those two movies. I can't think of anything else she's ever done.
1: Oh yeah. I I, I, I think we, I think we've discussed this before. We were looking up uh, her resume going, Oh wow. Okay. She was in that. Huh? Okay. She was in that. Yes. A a, a wonderful character actress.
0: Yeah. You're doing great. She's actually really good in that movie. Uh, She kind of figures out something's wrong with the three women there. Three divorced women. uh, One does not have a kid. One has too many kids and they're just not happy. And this sexy new guy comes in town, Jack Nicholson. And he sleeps with all of them.
1: That's right. Wow. But is he the devil, Monty? Is he the devil?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, I know the devil was Al Pacino. Years later, I don't know Jack
1: yeah. Nicholson. Right then, he was a lawyer. Yeah, a law oh, Yeah, firm.
0: he definitely was the devil. So, how are you okay <laughs> with that, Eric? That the devil is in your business? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm alright with it. I, I, you know, I made my peace with the fact that uh, that that the devil went that that the devil was an attorney, and also that the devil went down to Georgia. Exactly. banded uh, dudes, by the way, kick the ass of that Charlie, guy
0: has anyone what? ever got you. Down? Do, do you do that much trial work? Or are you just more uh, other things like?
1: No, 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 zero.
0: So you never have to ever had that reporter say you're going to lose one vanity. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no,
1: no. But but many people have said that anyway. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> this movie had to make a lot of money. How much did it make? It made sixty three million dollars. Opening weekend. No, in 1987, throughout the entire year, the, Witch of Eastwick, East, blah, 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 the witches of Eastwick made 63 million dollars. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. And that was uh that was only two million less than our number nine movie, the number nine movie of that year, starring uh, with uh, Martin Riggs and.
0: Although, before and, we get to that, I just want to say. Oh, sorry. Something. I let's just I want to look at one thing
1: money's okay. right now in case you guys don't know money's right now hard at work on the computer uh checking some stats check this out okay so made 63 million
0: worldwide how much did this movie just guess how much does this movie cost to make
1: I'm gonna guess this movie cost 20 million dollars oh you
0: went like this is a precious right you would win because it cost 22 million aha come on I won up. the
1: showcase showdown I'd like I'll thank gosh I got the jet ski
0: Yes, exactly. All right, Eric. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this movie uh, starts a new franchise. Eric, it's Martin Riggs and who else?
1: And Lieutenant Murtaugh. (laughs) That's right. We're talking about Lethal Weapon, written by Shane Black. Phenomenal movie. I'm surprised it's uh, lower than it is, but I guess at the time, this was kind of a a new thing. It's really sort of giving us uh, Mel Gibson uh, uh, or Mel Gibson post-Road Warrior. Yeah. and uh of course he had the long hair which everyone then said oh yeah we gotta have that too just you know agassi martin riggs you know a lot of flannel i mean this was (laughs) (laughs) this was a fun movie this was a great movie this was fun to watch it was uh fun to pretend you were you were you were those guys i mean what what a great final scene fighting the in the the sprinklers on in the yard uh gary Busey. i mean it, it just had a lot of uh a lot of shoot 'em ups. Great action movie. Well,
0: this one, like the first time you see *The Lethal Weapon*, it's kind of it's kind of a shock movie because the both the uh, main characters are so flawed. Usually, when you have like a a police movie, like, yeah, he might be an alcoholic, but you know he's going to save the day. This one, you don't know if they're going to kill each other before they get the bad guys, or because you know Mel Gibson almost kills himself like two or three times in the beginning. Yes.
1: Yeah, you're right. They made the character is uh, suicidal because of the loss of his wife. He blames himself for. Her. So you don't know. I mean, this may be a standalone movie where he just, you know, he sacrifices himself or something happens.
0: Yeah, this didn't look like a potential franchise at all because if you're watching that movie, you're like shocked that Mel got through half the movie. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> like, you thought Danny Glover would have killed him first or something. Uh, also, this movie has one of the
1: uh, more evil bad guys of the 80s. Yes. This, uh, wait, are you talking about Gary Busey?
0: Yes. Mr. Joshua,
1: <laughs> Mr. Joshua, certainly not uh general McAllister, his boss, but yeah, Mr. Joshua.
0: Yeah. Um, he's great. Like uh, he's only one that's good. The only one that could actually maybe stop him is as um, M- Mel Gibson, because he should be registered as a lethal weapon. <laughs> uh,
1: can you play that? Hey, but right now, can you play that trailer? Cause I think that the they use that line. Because that would be kind of because I because well, that he should be you, somebody ought to register you as a lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: we'll gonna do that. He is a criminal's worst nightmare a cock who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jiu jitsu, just bring him down. Do they really want to jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, what do you mean? gonna do? He was ready to retire. Now he's gonna wish he had.
1: Raj, meet you new partner New partner too old for this If these guys can just stand each other What you got in there? and Smith A lot of old-timers carry those uh... The bad guys don't stand a chance Wow. <laughs> wow. And you know, uh, on the absolute opposite, uh, spectrum of, uh, cops, uh, at number eight, the number eight grossing movie.
0: <laughs> oh, before we get to, before we get to that, let's just do two more things. Um, uh, Eric, how much did this movie make?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Monty. This movie made $65 million. On
0: a $15 million budget.
1: Which is pretty impressive because Mel wasn't, uh, big enough. Otherwise that, that, that entire 65 million might've been Mel's salary.
0: Yeah, I think this is like Mel's breakout movie. This puts him into the A list. He was already almost there. Uh, he hadn't had that hit yet. He's just more known for the Mad Max movies and this puts him into new, teri- new territory. If he doesn't get this movie, there's no way he's the lead in Tequila Sunrise.
1: Mm-hmm. This was a this was a big 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 jump.
0: Eric, this yeah. is a a popular genre a popular, gene- uh, a pro- a popular gene- uh, generic, genre genre? Sorry, genre in the 1980s. Another buddy cop movie, but this is a little bit not as hardcore.
1: That's right. These, like I said, these two cops, opposite end of the spectrum from uh Riggs and Murtaugh. Because we're 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 to believe <laughs> that Richard Dreyfus is a tough guy cop. And uh <laughs> with Emilio Estevez. And they are, of course, on a stakeout, earning sixty-five million dollars that year also. Same amount as Lethal Weapon. Interesting.
0: This is kind of a breakout movie for Emilio Estevez because you know, he'd always been playing like high school or college kids. Now he's actually playing someone closer to his age, a professional, someone in the, you know, a professional man. He actually grew a mustache for this movie.
1: Yeah. He grew a mustache. He would not keep that mustache for Young Guns, too, though.
0: <laughs> no, no. We getting that, too. Um, also, the what happens in this movie? Uh, who are they staking out, Eric?
1: I think they're staking out Rosie O'Donnell.
0: No, that's in the sequel. Oh,
1: that's the sequel. I don't know, Monty. Who are they sticking out?
0: Well, apparently, there's this evil guy, Adrian Quinn, who's killing people. And he has Aiden a, Aiden. Aiden, Aiden, Quinn. Mm-hmm. And he has an ex girlfriend. The first time I've ever seen her in a movie, the gorgeous Madeline Stowe.
1: Oh, yeah. Madeline Stowe. Also a star of Revenge and Bad Girls.
0: <laughs> Those are both horrible fucking movies.
1: <laughs> and also a star of. Last, the Mohicans.
0: Yes, that's a great movie. Um, also, another one was at, uh, Unlawful Entry. She's pretty good in that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Kurt Russell.
0: Yes. Um, so, Eric, how does this movie get uh, plot going? What's the plot? Does one of the cops make the mistake and try to date the
1: girl they're staking out? That's right. And that cop would be Richard Dreyfus. The tough cop. Is that what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. I, I can't. It, it was it was one of those movies where you really have to suspend your disbelief.
0: Yeah. He beats somebody up in front. That's why she it because he beats somebody up for her. like and she gets into him. Yeah. <laughs> um the movie's kind of good because there's uh another two cops in a out and they keep playing jokes on each other, uh pranks and it's actually those parts are actually probably the best parts of the movie.
1: Yeah. It was it was like what Eddie Murphy tried to do in Beverly Hills Cop with the banana and the two banana and the tailpipe.
0: I gotta fall for a banana to the tail bite.
1: <laughs> oh man, you gotta say more like this. No, hey man, I'm falling for no banana in my tailbite. <laughs>
0: that <laughs> movie not gonna made fall. also around 65 million on a 14 and 14 and a half million dollar budget.
1: That yeah. is surprising because uh, because as much as I may, make fun of Richard Dreyfuss as a tough guy, he was he was a big actor at that time. Yeah. And he yeah, most of that was probably his salary.
0: Exactly. All right, Eric, what is the next movie? Are we do we have another cop movie?
1: No. This time, we've got another wonderful Michael J. Fox adventure. This is a great movie, Secret of My Success. Oh, The Secret of My Success, not not to Born.
0: (laughs) Yes, this movie, basically, Michael J. Fox is from somewhere in the Midwest, some farm state, farm state, not farm, farm. Uh, He graduates in business and decides to conquer the world and move to where, Eric?
1: New York City, because his his shoe, a shoe, he's a shoestring relative to he's has some sort of uncle there.
0: Yes, but the first reason he goes there is because he has some job there. Right when he shows up, the company is going out of business or got in trouble with the SEC or something. Yeah. So he has no job.
1: No job, but he stays there and he tries to get a job and he meets Supergirl.
0: Okay, a couple things. First off, he gets hired as the mailroom. And the HR and Eric, yeah, does he just stay in the mail room like he should?
1: Oh no, he doesn't. He has two personas. He takes over. Uh, was he was he Brantley? Is that yeah. his first name? Yeah, and then he takes over. Uh, another guy's account who's gone and and starts meddling in the finances of this huge multinational <laughs> global company, uh, multinational conglomerate, whatever you know, one of those big ass financial companies. And uh, you know, he, he you know, there's uh, affairs. There's all sorts of stuff. There's the use of the song by Yellow. Oh, oh that's awesome. yeah. That's, that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's Night Ranger with the Secret of My Success song.
0: Okay, I want to I want to do a couple of these na- names for the movies. Okay, so Michael J. Fox's original name in the movie, his first name, because he cast two different personas, is Brantley Fo- Fo- Foster.
1: Brantley Foster. That's right.
0: And then his name, he is his uh, alter ego name is Carlton Whitfield. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, Whitfield. Carlton Whitfield is a, a who I immediately imagine like uh, you know Truman Capote looking guy.
0: Okay, yeah. And then the the main character, I mean, the guy who's his relative, who's like the in charge of the whole business, uh, Richard Jordan, R.I.P. His name is another perfect '80s '80s like name, H- Howard Prescott. Those names yeah. would work on Wall Street in the '80s in New York.
1: Ma- ma- yes, Howard Prescott. And what's uh, what's Auntie's name?
0: Uh, Vera.
1: Yeah, Aunt Vera. Aunt Vera. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she was hot. Uh, Major League.
0: Oh yeah, she's also. I liked her. I like her better. And uh, she shows up two years later in Major League, and I never saw. As her. What I,
1: yeah, as I say, Major League. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um. Um. Was it? You know who's in this movie? Um. Uh, um. Like you see her face,
1: Howard Waldo mom. Oh wow! Interesting. Ed, Homer Munster. Of course, Herman Munster's in there. Fred Donald Davenport
0: is his name. <laughs> These are yeah. just great fucking corporate names. I love it.
1: Um, Donald Davenport. What's Helen? What's Helen Slater's name?
0: Uh, Christy Mills. Not bad. Christy. Yeah, Willis, Christ- Christy no, Christy Willis. That's good. That Christy is. Willis. Good name too. Uh, and
1: boy, <laughs> could she drink water from a fountain?
0: Yeah, I can. I I'm still looking for that girl who can drink that water from the fountain. Um, that movie, and then what was that? Uh, there's another movie where people moved to New York. To, oh, co- cocktail. It's like these, guy, these guys from the Midwest, they moved to New York, to try to make it in business, and then whatever happens. Eric, was that a thing when people graduated from business in SMU, did they want to move to New York?
1: No, most of them stayed in Dallas.
0: Yeah. Chris Christian got his um, business degree up in Michigan. He's from El Paso. He moved to Dallas. It's like, I don't – I think you can do business anywhere. I don't know why you think you have to go to New York. I think there's brokerages here and everything.
1: Well yeah, that, but that, you know, but back then the the uh that was you know all finance was on Wall Street. So you so you had to do it. I mean if you wanted to, if you wanted to play with the big boys, you had to go there.
0: That's another thing that's gone away. Uh that's like big in late 80s was like business managers or marketing majors. And then I, I rarely see some now. Now I'm like shocked when I hear what I'm like, what <laughs> people still get still because like it's business, <laughs> what what the I don't know what you do with it. It's like what well, you know and that's a yeah. personal special, banking, you know, special hedge funds. Yeah, yeah, hedge funds. Yeah. My favorite thing I heard about it was a crypto. I was worried I didn't know enough about crypto, but then I found other people running crypto don't know anything about it either, so I'm okay. Right. <laughs>
1: Talk about a Ponzi scheme.
0: Yeah, um, Eric, how much did this movie make?
1: This this movie made sixty six million dollars. Sixty six million, living... million dollars. Yep. The, the secret of my success is that I'm living
0: twelve million dollar budget.
1: Yep. The secret the secret of my success is that I'm living twenty five hours a day.
0: <laughs> That's
1: the Night Ranger line. There you go. Secret and of my success. Go on.
0: This next movie.
1: Number six. Coming in at number six in the box office.
0: Breaks somebody out of a. he's a breakout actor. Uh his breakout was supposed to be in uh the big chill, but what happened to his character in the big chill?
1: He died, and he was just all you saw was his hand. We're talking about, of course, Kevin Costner.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be in this big um like flashback scene that the whole movie was about. And after they make the movie, they're like, Oh. We don't need the flashback scene, so we got cut out. And then Lawrence Caden – was it Lawrence? Kazden. Kazden felt bad, so he gives him the lead in Silverado the next year. And, Eric, is that a hit?
1: No, that's not it either. Oh, man. Great what movie, happened? though.
0: And then he did another movie that was supposed to be a hit.
1: Uh, I think Spielberg produced it called Fandango. Was that a hit? Nope, not a hit, but he was great. He's great in all these movies you're talking about. And then he
0: finally gets it right – He finally has a perfect movie to show what all he can do. Good looking. He's got that every man appeal, but yet he's doing it for good. Eric, what movie were you talking about again?
1: We're talking about The Untouchables and Elliot Ness. Yes. (laughs) $76 million money, this movie made. And you know You know, this this movie also launched uh, Andy Garcia.
0: Yeah. First I ever saw him in a movie. He's awesome. Um, This is kind of funny. So the movie had a $25 million budget, the biggest budget we've talked about so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was his opening weekend?
1: <laughs> opening weekend five million. No, ten million. <laughs> oh, ten million. All right. And most of that money, uh, again, I think we all know where most of that money went for the budget, and that was to Sean Connery.
0: Sean Connery and uh and then that scene at the uh Union the Station. Train. Yeah, Union yeah. Station. It went all there because Brian De Palma is an incredible director. That kind of puts him back on top because uh he did Scarface, but I think he did something in between, and he didn't really do that well. Oh, Body Double, and didn't really make yeah. that much money. And then he, so he's back into it. We have a great Robert De Niro as Al Pacino, and kind of a, not cameo, but
1: as as Al Capone, not as Al Pacino, or or, or Al Capone. <laughs> actually- that was funny. Yes,
0: <laughs> and then of course Sean Connery comes back. And Eric, how great was his performance in that movie?
1: His performance was 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 academy award-winning great
0: yes he won the oscar later on when we talk about that more when we do the oscars podcast in 88 we're gonna we're i'm not one reason i left out all the movies that were in the oscars because we're gonna the oscars week we're gonna do oscars 1988 and, and say what should have won and everything else so
1: excellent i look forward to that one because there. these are crazy times all
0: right eric this other movie has one of our stars she makes her second appearance on this list eric who are we talking about
1: well, if we could turn back time, Ani,
0: <laughs>
1: we'd be talking about Cher. That's right. Cher wins an Oscar for this movie. Moonstruck, so. we're talking about. Moonstruck, $80 million. Yes. That movie costs $15 million to make.
0: I'm saying most of these are $15 million movies. I think they kind of high budgets back then, but $15 million. Uh, also, Cher also has a really good performance as well. Does she not?
1: Yes, yeah, she does. Academy Award winning. Yeah. She's, a, she, she's incredible.
0: Yeah, um, Nicholas Cage is in it. Uh, basically, um, yeah, sure had a really good 1987. We'll go over that later. But Moonstruck gets there at number five.
1: Number four, Eric, I think you can do the voice. Now we're starting. To, now we're starting to get into some uh, movies that made over 100 million, and what? including oh, what? <laughs> right, no, exactly. Including Good Morning Vietnam. That's right, coming in at number four on the box office list with 123 million. Good Morning Vietnam starring Robin Williams.
0: Yeah, this is like his breakout movie. He'd been making movies for a while, but they're just middling results. This is like his first big hit. As you said, it went over $100 million, and this puts him into the A-list category. He starts getting better scripts. His next movie after this um, that that came out, I'm not talking about The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. I'm talking about after this was um, Dead Poets Society, which was also a big hit, and he also got nominated for an Oscar for that as well.
1: Phenomenal. And that leads us, Monty, into the next movie.
0: Well, hold on before we do it. million budget on that movie directed by Barry Levinson, but hey, good. All right. Next movie. Hey, we have another, was it law enforcement film?
1: (laughs) Yes. Another, another, it's sort of a buddy comedy, buddy cop comedy, law enforcement, starring Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold and the gang. Beverly Hills Cop 2 with 153 million.
0: Yes, not as much as Beverly Hills Cop One, but it still made money. I want to look at the budget here. I, I, I'm gonna. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna go out on a limb saying this. This had this cost more than any of the movies we talked about so far. Oh, oh! When I'm right, I'm right. This had a big budget of
1: twenty-seven million dollars. A lot of money there. A lot of money for explosions. Want
0: how acts. much. how much it made opening weekend.
1: $15 million. No, almost made all of his money back. $26 million. Wow. That's impressive for back then. A lot of people were, and a lot of anticipation for that movie.
0: Okay. So I think we're doing, um, we're doing like the US gross here, the worldwide gross for this, because what the US gross was 153 million, worldwide right. was almost 300 million. So that's getting kind of up there.
1: Yeah. We got to start, we, we got to start focusing on worldwide gross.
0: Yes, gross,
1: gross. <laughs> there you go. But All number right. two, Monty. Number two, we're up to yeah. number two.
0: This movie made it scary for anybody to want to have an affair on their wife, their girlfriend, or just pick up a crazy girl at the bar. I'm talking about Fatal Attraction.
1: That's right, 156 million. This one made domestically. I, I this was Michael Douglas, Glenn Close. I mean, wow. <laughs> What, what a, what a, what a, sexual, sexually, what do you call it? Sexually dynamic thriller.
0: My, bro, my brother called her glucose. close. After
1: that movie. <laughs> well, uh, this was also uh, this, this movie also made you not want to have a pet rabbit.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, you know, you're like worried. I can't buy a pet rabbit. You're going to boil it. So you're screwed. Uh, this yeah. movie had a $14 million budget. Uh, Michael uh, Douglas had a big 87. His other movie, 87, made more of its money in 88 because of the way it got released. But this puts Michael Douglas back on back on the map. He uh, he can be you know kind of middling for a little bit. He, he had a hit with um, Romancing a Stone, but the sequel, Children of Hell, kind of tanked, and this kind of gets him back in the A-list t- uh, category.
1: Not to be confused with Romancing the Bone.
0: <laughs> that's, in my, that's actually in my act. Okay. <laughs> Eric I
1: what I was honestly
0: one movie
1: uh, I honestly Monty, cannot believe this is number one I, I this, this this was number one at the box office because this blows my mind at 167 million with these three stars I could see but I but but to beat Beverly Hills cop two three men and a baby
0: yes okay so well, we're gonna do a couple things it beat it for the gross not for worldwide.
1: Aha. So these guys are huge in the U S.
0: Yes. Uh, this movie had an $11 million budget because you look at it like seriously. um, other guys, Tom Selleck at that time, TV star, not a movie star. Sam, uh, Ted Danson, definitely TV star, not a movie star. Steve Gutenberg was mostly known for his uh, Police Academy movies. After this movie and the the sequel, Three Men and a Little Lady, Steve Gutenberg is no longer on the A-list. He's not making these uh, big release movies anymore. He's going to take a step back to straight to video movies.
1: No more short circuit for him?
0: No more. Yeah, this is kind of the end of his run here. I kind of like him. But, yeah, Three Men and a Baby, a cute little movie. But was Tom
1: a, Sillick really just a TV star? Because I mean, there's come on, quickly Down Under.
0: That's eighty nine. <laughs> that's eighty nine. Damn thing. Uh, was that one movie with Gene Wilder? You know, Gene Simmons was a killer, but I don't think that made money. Runaway. Yeah. Yeah. Runaway. He, he was supposed to be uh, Indiana Jones, but they wouldn't let him out of his contract at Magnum PI. And then he did that. Was it Road to High Ch- Road to China movie? That was yeah. Uh, off. Of, that's that stunk. So, you know, I like Tom Selleck, but he's not a movie. He's a TV star nothing wrong with that he's still on- Yep. no 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 it,
1: it, it's just very interesting and and the biggest the most interesting thing about all of that, that you said is imagine if it had been tom Selleck instead of harrison ford
0: oh yeah i don't know if it works as well because harrison's got it yeah okay eric i'm just going a couple notes on 1987 then we'll go then we'll blast through our top 10 and call it a day all right uh, Cher had three movies, 1987, all hits. Uh Moonstruck, which went to Oscar for, which is V Switch, which we've already discussed. And Suspect, which is also a pretty good movie.
1: Well, yeah, Suspect. With the, is that Dennis Quaid, right?
0: Yeah, I'm going to it. Also, Liam Neeson's in the movie. He like plays like the guy they're trying to get off like, the killing or whatever. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid also had a pretty good 1987. He thought he's gonna have a have a hit with Inner Space with Martin Short. Eric, how did that movie go?
1: I love that movie. I think a lot of A lot of people love that movie, but not enough people love the movie to give it the box office it needed. And it was kind of a.
0: Yeah. So basically, Dennis Quaid does uh, uh, bounce back with uh, one of my favorite 87 uh, 80s movies, The Big Easy, where he plays a uh, Cajun cop, which is actually pretty good at that. Then he comes back with Suspect with Cher. And then the next year, he has another hit with who becomes his wife, Meg Ryan, and DOA. Wow. You know where DOA is? You know where DoA is for is is filmed? In El Paso, Texas? No, San Marcos in Austin. <laughs> I was like watching him I wait, that's oh, San wow. Marcos, and they have a scene where uh, he like goes out like this back way in like the convention hall, and he ends up in downtown Austin. I'm like, dude, where is that? Because it was save me 30 minutes a day driving to San Marcos school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow, yeah. You know, there's another uh, another person uh, actor that had uh, three movies that year, but I'll get into him a little later.
0: Okay, uh, this year we had the 25th anniversary of James Bond. We had a new James Bond, Timothy Dalton.
1: Yeah, I I remember. Go, I was very excited. I went to see that movie in uh, at in Dallas at Highland Park Theater. Uh, one of the rare times that I actually went to that theater because because it, they had some special screening and I went uh, to see that. And I I like Timothy Dalton and I like the Living Daylights. I know you hate it, but I I I enjoy the Timothy Dalton Bond movies. I kind of like the I like License to Kill. I do like that one. I don't, you uh, like it because you, you walk around singing, I got a license to kill. <laughs>
0: exactly. But well, I kind of like that one. Uh, but that Bond didn't take off. And at, within two movies, he was gone. Almost kills a Bond franchise. And we returned later in 1995 with GoldenEye with Pierce Bronson. GoldenEye. Eddie Murphy had two hits that year as well. He had later on this year, it'll probably be on next year's list his stand up comedy movie,
1: Raw. Yes, one of the best stand-up comedy movies, if not the best standup comedy movie ever.
0: I agree. Might uh, be canceled today, though. But we'll go over that some other day.
1: Uh, this is, uh... <laughs> see, that's just ridiculous. I, 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 it's just ridiculous. No, let's watch it. Let's 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 play it in an entire in its entirety on our podcast.
0: Yeah, um, this movie. I don't know how big of a hit it was, but it starts a little franchise. And so this is like one of the better done, better done. Was it horror thriller movies? It's actually pretty smart.
1: Which one? Uh, the stepfather. Oh oh, story Terry Quinn. that's right. Terry Quinn everybody uh, is is one of the. he's he's always a phenomenal character actor. This is his first lead. this was a lead, but it, you probably know him from uh, like millennium. you know all he always lost. shows up. yeah, Lost. He shows up on all these things where he's and he's really he has this introspective and authoritative authoritative thing about him. It's, and so he worked perfectly with his stepfather.
0: Yeah, he was really, really good in that movie. I totally like that. And that's like, again, a well-done well, done, a well done, a horror thriller movie.
1: With the Eric, phenomenal tagline, who am I here?
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he gets confused. But uh, mm. yeah, if you watch that, I would. It's good. Eric, why would I put this movie that no one's ever heard of on the list? Extreme Prejudice, why? I
1: don't know. Is it Extreme Prejudice,
0: is that Van Damme?
1: No, Nick Nolte. <laughs> yes, Nick Nolte. More action from Nick Nolte. Where was this movie filmed, Eric? San Marcos in Dallas? No. El Paso? El Paso. Have you seen the opening scene? Wanna know where the opening scene is filmed? I remember uh, was it filmed? Was it filmed in the Pronoff?
0: El Paso Airport. Oh. I, <laughs> I remember, so I remember it, experience- it was it was it was on cable. My brother calls me, Money, come here. I can't believe where this opening scene's at at all. Hey, that's the El Paso Airport. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was the Burger King there? Probably. I don't know. It was- I okay. remember. I, I remember that was a big deal when they filmed that.
0: Yeah, it was nuts. So that's all less said about that. The better
1: this movie actually kind of launches um,
0: a career of the actress in it. Uh, it was actually a pretty funny movie. It did get a horrible sequel a couple years later, but I enjoyed it. I'm talking about Mannequin.
1: Mannequin starring the starring the screamer for Porky's.
0: <laughs> Kim control. She's kind right. of lead She kind of nails it she's beautiful. Andrew McCarthy's kind of cool. Um JW Bailey plays the the antagonist who fucking
1: is awesome in that. Oh yeah. This is this was this was a fun 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 movie. As preposterous as it may be, it's it was fun and it had a, and and it had a great song from Starship. Exactly. Nothing's going to uh, stop us now.
0: Eric, you know what the problem with movies is today? Movies are to, what the problem with, with movies. There,
1: are they understated? There's not enough. There's understated. They're not. They're not. Uh, uh They're not. How should we say. Over the top.
0: I think there needs to be more movies. With truck drivers and hats arm wrestling.
1: Monty, one of the best character names ever comes from this next movie. You're going to talk about. I'm sure. Lincoln Hawks.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, Yes. He has to sit, be with his son because of divorce. And a bond he because he's in arm wrestling contest.
1: It's, you know, the movies, it's a lot like Star Wars, except there's more arm wrestling. Yeah.
0: Yes. And yes. Did I see this movie? Yes. And I love every minute I was in there. Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. And again, another great soundtrack. I mean, Sammy Hagar, winner takes it all. Yeah. All right.
0: Over yeah. the top, Dad. Over the top. <laughs> we got two more movies to go over. Um, this one was not directed by John Hughes. Uh, directed by Howard douche who ended up marrying one of the stars in this movie. And they have a daughter who's an actress. Now I'm talking some kind of wonderful.
1: Yeah, this is weird. This is the movie that I think this is one of those movies where I I saw it once and I said, yeah, that's about enough. Yeah, I, I, it, it just didn't do it. it. It didn't have the same. It didn't have the same. Sp- the same flair as all the other uh, John Hughes movies.
0: Well, it stole like the Taggart Punch family t- uh, uh, punchline. You know, the hardworking family from Caddyshack that he has to go to college. That's blatantly ripped off from Caddyshack. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was. This is this movie could be. I don't know. I guess I think there, but there are a lot of people that love it.
0: Um, first time I saw Mary student Matheson, I had a little crush on her there. Obviously, Leah Thompson is beautiful as well. She, she married the uh, director and her daughter, Zoe Douche. That is an actress now who's gorgeous. Um, a couple things. One of thing, interesting thing about this movie, I think this is, um, the last actually John Hughes produced pen movie that was set in high school.
1: Oh, wow. Because
0: his next movie after this was, um, that he wrote, uh, The Great Outdoors.
1: Okay, so he moved on. He he moved on at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. he was kind of he he was kind of done. So that that's kind of a big deal. And finally, Eric, I was waiting for this movie. It starred two incredible Academy Award-winning actors, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty. They are singers in the Middle East. What could go wrong? I'm talking about Ishtar.
1: Yeah, for the longest time, this this movie uh, was known as the as the biggest flop ever, uh, financially. Um, Ishtar, my gosh, a song and dance that it's like, they're trying to recapture the, uh, uh, Hope Crosby, you know, uh, feel, but with Beatty and Hoffman, it's just not, it's just not the same.
0: And they made what they made. They made, uh, Warren Beatty, the, the not the sure one. They made Dustin Hoffman, the cocky womanizer, which, okay, come on. We all know Warren Beatty's not losing out to Dustin Hoffman. getting any girl. It's just, not yeah, that um, was,
1: that, that was a, that was a horrible choice, but go ahead.
0: Okay, holy shit! All right, Eric, take a guess on the budget of this movie. One hundred million. Not bad, close.
1: Fifty-five million.
0: Mm-hmm. This. Why? Why?
1: 55 million because for, for the because they they did everything on location in, in Egypt and Saudi Arabia and all places. I've,
0: I want to have I don't I've never like watched this movie all the way through. I want to watch it again because I'm actually pretty good at watching movies, figuring out the budget, you know what I mean? But like really 58 55 million, come on, just give me a favor. Yeah. <laughs> it made 14 million gross, so lost all this money in marketing. And then it's so bad, like when uh uh Kevin um Coster's movie, uh, Water World is coming out and it's going to be yeah. they're, they're calling it
1: fish tar. <laughs> yeah. Fish star. That's right. Waterworld. Fish star. Oh my gosh. All
0: right. Eric, wow, that... do you think we can knock out, our, knock out our top 10 of movies here pretty quick?
1: I think we do our top 10. I get an additional five too, that I I just couldn't let go of uh, for honorable mentions, but I'll do those after we do our top 10. You want to start so with number, do them,
0: number 10? Do them, do them
1: right now. No, no. I want to, I will do them after. I'll say other, other ones that we're about to make the list. We'll do a top 10. You start, you start this year. Number 10. My
0: number 10, a movie we all love. Yes, it stars Frankie Avalon, Annette Funicello, Lori Loughlin, Bob Denver, Connie Stevens. I'm talking about the great "Back to the
1: Beach." Oh, come on! Now, okay, you know what? We we should qualify this. These are our favorite t- ten movies in 1987, and that that could be they, they were our favorites when they came out then, and they were or they're our favorites through time.
0: Yeah, basically, so, they come so back I'll to the beach. They made uh, Frankie and. Uh, Annette made all these beach movies. They had a comeback. It was supposed not to come out, but it's it's just ridiculous. It knows what it is. It's just fun tongue and cheek. Uh, you got uh, Bob Diver dressed like Ben uh, Giligan talk wanted to tell a story about how he stuck on an island, but nobody wants to hear about it. It's just i I, I just I just like it. I think it was great.
1: <laughs> it was fun. That was a lot of fun you know it, was, it was so you're right, so much more tongue and cheek uh, than you would expect. you know they didn't they didn't they they didn't they played it for laughs uh, and anyway, that, that was a fun movie. I'm, I, I'm that's impressive at number ten for formont. Yes. Okay. My number 10?
0: Yes, you're number 10.
1: My number 10? Uh this the actor, the star of this movie actually had um uh three movies this year. This being one of three three movies that came out this year. This uh, my Mickey Rourke, my number 10 is Barfly. Ooh,
0: to all my I, friends.
1: Yeah, drinks for all my friends. Now this, this this movie uh, he's basically playing the is written by Charles Bukowski, who's a famous poet and he Mickey Rourke is basically playing it It's an autobiographical film. But uh, Faye Dunaway, Mickey Rourke, it's 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 one of those movies where, you know, back then when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is this is interesting, you know, it, why, look, people live like this, all these drunks, and these, they're laughing, they're beating each other, but as we move on through life, exactly. we meet people like this, maybe occasionally we are like this, and never, so never. It, res- it resonates much more as an adult than it did then, and I just love this movie, this is my number 10 movie of uh, 1985, 1987, Barfly.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about before Mickey Rourke, just what he did to his face. when he did to his square the guy's good-looking, great actor. And you look at him now; he's just I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's, all right. It's... At number nine, I have a tie. <gasps> Spaceballs and Dragnet, two comedies I loved that year. Yes, that's right. I went there.
1: Yeah, so it's technically eleven for you. We're doing so. I'll throw in my number eleven later. But uh, yes, so so you uh, you like Spaceball? Tell me about Dragnet, though.
0: Uh, Dragnet was like uh, Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks is still pretty funny. They're doing a takeoff of the TV show Dragnet, and it it, it kind of works for me. Uh, you have Christopher Plummer playing the bad guy who's way overqualified to be in that movie, uh, <laughs> uh, and you had the virgin character Divergent Connie Swell. Um, I just I who's played was it that she ended up on Baywatch later on? Leanne Alexander or Leanne Lea Alexander. Yeah, it was just fun. It's ridiculous, but I liked it. They also had a rap song that was on MTV that they did together. And uh, I that, like, that. and I was like, "When the hell did Dan Aykroyd get so fat?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> was he, and, and he was playing. He's he played Joe Friday because he can do yeah. that straight straight laced thing. Yeah, and Let Hanks be Hanks. You know, yeah.
0: just be the coolest guy ever. Cool, oh, that's awesome. That's What's a nice tie. Time? Yes,
1: my number nine coming in at number nine, and and I'm pretty sure you're gonna have this on your list at some point. But coming in at number nine for me is the vampire movie the lost boys
0: that's my number seven uh we love that movie we discuss it way more on a podcast back in 2020 you want to look at that you can go over that yeah i was just hearing um alex Winter was doing some podcast talking about that movie that's the first time he was in a big budget movie and everything felt right you know i was like and this is this i kind of made it <laughs> you know what i mean uh he's he's actually a really cool guy yeah um, lost boys was if you think 1987 movie summer if you're not mentioning lost boys and you're you're forgetting something
1: I mean, Jason Patrick saying the lines like, I didn't invite you this time, Max. I mean, yeah, you know, come on. This is great.
0: And then the muscle saxophone player.
1: Of course, we can. We must always mention, I still believe, and the oily, muscly saxophone player.
0: Yes. I'm going to put one of those in my band. Uh, number eight. We've already talked about this one as well, but Eric and I like it. Um, Eric, can you purchase love? No, Monty, you can't buy me love. <laughs> That's right. Pat, Patrick Dempsey wants to get uh, paid the most popular girl in high school to pretend to date him, and he becomes popular as well, which is weird because Eric did the same damn thing his senior year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, but I did not do the African anti ritual.
0: Then what's the point if I to do that, Eric?
1: I know. Yeah, Mac, Mac, McDreamy was good in this one. This was uh, this was this was in his uh, in his 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 up and coming time before he, before he uh, took over the hearts of millions
0: exactly what is your number eight eric
1: coming to number eight for me is come quietly or there will be trouble that's right robocop
0: i was gonna put that on my list but i knew you were gonna put it on the
1: list
0: <laughs> uh, they had those great video games nukem <laughs> other great games yeah uh, RoboCop is actually pretty good like uh nancy allen was in it and i was like shocked because she didn't look as good as she did like eight years before um the guy one of the one of the the dad from the 70s show is a killer
1: yeah. Kurtwood Smith,
0: uh, Ray Wise, is also killing like the guys They all that became kind of pretty good actors. It's I and, uh, like it. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of fun and and I don't know kind of told the future kind of with with some bad crime stories and bad areas and all that. But I I, I dug it.
1: You know, a, a little while after this movie movie came out, there was a a, a hot dance tune. Uh, was was released? Um, and they utilized lines from the movie, and it was like a, it was one of those <laughs> movies and, and songs. There's a like, RoboCop. Who is he? RoboCop. What is he? And they would go, and they would, and they go, "Let's give the man a hand." You know, and they would throw in all those kind of lines. It was that, that was fun to, fun a fun dance song. But that uh, yeah, I love that movie, RoboCop. It was. And does anyone have
0: a better jawline than Peter Weller? I'm going, Peter Weller
1: was perfect at that.
0: I'm all no. Uh, number my number seven. We already did was Lost Boys. Eric, what is your number seven?
1: Oh, my number seven. Again, Mickey Rourke in Angel Heart.
0: But we don't remember her in that movie. What do we remember in that movie, Eric?
1: Uh, I remember the real sex between Mickey Rourke and Lisa Bonet. No, I remember also uh, Louis Cypher, but he couldn't figure it out.
0: Couldn't figure out. Wasn't there blood and chicken blood and nudity with Lisa Bonet?
1: (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, the sex with Lisa Bonet. That got her kicked off of Cosby Show, but but this was a this was a great movie. Mickey Rourke. I I I sometimes wake up like sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night to that awful screaming of the Rourke when he's when he's saying, "I know who I am." Uh, this is a great movie, dark and it's scary as hell. If you if you actually sit down and watch this in the dark, watch this at night with the, with the lights off.
0: Well, one of the things I'm learning that make you work at a better 1987 than I remember, but oh well. Uh, that Number six, I mentioned this movie at the top of the show. This is like one of my favorite comedies ever. It's just fun to watch, great characters. Mark Harmon at the at the center, all this. Eric, he's a teacher. He's about to go on vacation, but is he allowed to go on vacation or does he have to teach something?
1: He's not. Shoop has to teach summer school.
0: What? No way.
1: Right. <laughs> this one is actually my number 11. So, so this, this works out well. This was, a, this was a great movie. I, uh, to, and to quote Chainsaw, I love this film.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was great. Uh, my number five, this actor has two entries in 1987. Yours might be on the list. I'm not 100% sure. I like this one. It's kind of quirky. It's kind of fun. It's kind of um, like a prequel in some way or related to both uh, Death Race 2000 and also the, the Hunger Games. I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Richard Dawson, and The Running Man.
1: Oh, what a great movie! What a great movie! The Rain Man is awesome because uh, Arnold is a lot chock full of lines, and it has Yafet Koto. so automatically it's yeah. it's phenomenal. And um, but yeah, I mean, I live to see you eat that contract.
0: You know, it's funny. It's uh, I think Holy Diesel, Diesel Zappa's ahead. in it, and they have that underground society, which was lightning ripped off in Demolition Man. <laughs> with yeah.
1: oh, and Mick Fleetwood, Mick Fleetwood and Diesel Dweezel Zappa. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the line he says. Of course, Gillian. I live to see you eat that contract. Only I hope you leave enough room in your stomach for my fist because I'm going to ram
0: it in there and break your goddamn spine. Ah! (laughs) There you go. Um, What is your number for? That's good because my number five, Monty,
1: is Billy, find us a way out of this hole. And so you cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in a meat grinder. That's right. I'm talking about Predator at number five.
0: You know what's funny? We don't go over our list before and that we both have an arnold movie at the exact same exact exact same place was it was it a couple years ago when we did movie uh music in 85 we both had like raspberry beret at the at the exact same uh, same number? yeah
1: it was exactly we put that raspberry It was like well we got to put it here you know that's yeah, <laughs> perfect and we don't so pre- talk about
0: this we don't hear each list so
1: number five predator for me number five running man for you it works out well
0: uh, number four, um, I didn't see this movie in 87. I saw it a couple years later, and it's incredible. It's written by William Goldman, directed by Rob Snyder. Eric, do you happen to have six fingers on your hand?
1: <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That movie is a, a Princess Bride. It's my number three, Monty, so we're close. You got a four, I got a three.
0: All right, so what is your number four, Eric?
1: My number four is... The Untouchables, which we spoke of earlier.
0: Are you sure it's not the other Mickey Work movie of 1987?
1: No, Prayer for the Dying. No, it's not.
0: Okay, are you sure? Um, so you said what your number we did talk about. Number four is The
1: Untouchables. We've, we touched on that earlier.
0: My Untouchables is number two. So I'll just. Oh, nice. My number three. He has two appearances on my list. This is actually a pretty good movie as well. I'm talking about Kevin Costner, Sean Young, Gene Hackman, Will Patton. I'm talking about
1: no way out. What a great movie. I, I'm surprised I am I'm, I'm a little sad that this did not make even my top 15, but it should probably in retrospect now that you now that you're talking about it. It was I I, I love this movie from the from the from the moment it started in the end. We're all like <gasps> nice
0: little twist at the end. Yes, Kevin Costner is dead the whole time. Is that the twist?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no spoilers about Yuri. My yeah, name. exactly
0: yeah he's dead he died the first scene and oh wait that's something else so, Never mind.
1: <laughs> oh great movie no way out everyone everyone who's listening run and watch that now
0: yes what is your number three eric
1: my number three like i said was princess bride so i'll skip right to uh and, and uh uh to my number two which is as we talked about before uh, a great buddy cop comedy lethal weapon it's my number my favorite number two movie of 1987
0: I didn't put it on there. I should have. I just because we already talked about it, and I I do like that movie, but I just wanted to give some other these not some known movies some love. Um, my number two was Untouchables. Did you say your number two, number two yet?
1: Yeah, my number two is *Lethal Weapon*. *Untouchables* was my number four.
0: Okay, got it. So, then, what's your
1: number one movie, line? Are
0: we are we are we the same in number ones or not? I don't nope, know.
1: we are not. Okay, we I think we are not. I, I I can almost guarantee you we're not because I you haven't mentioned one that you mentioned earlier that I think is going to be your number
0: one. Okay, so uh, this is my one of my favorite movies. Uh, is in you know the media business that Eric and I kind of grew up learning. We were more print. This is on TV. We talk about this later, but I love broadcast news. My number one movie, nineteen
1: eighty-seven. Oh wow, yeah, that, that that is a great movie, money. and and and. uh, that is actually my or my number sixteen. So, um, but yes, broadcast news is phenomenal. I mean, and and it, the sweating of Albert Brooks. I mean, come on, you can't beat right. it. It, it. It's one of those things where is like he's complaining constantly about the other guy's performance, and I could do that. I could do that, and he gets a shot. That was the best part of it. He gets a shot and realizes, oh, it's not that easy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is he actually saw somebody, uh, someone on uh, news, local news, actually do that. That's how he got the idea for that.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Well, my number one movie of 1987 is a comedy from the Cohen brothers.
0: Oh, I know called
1: you Raising Arizona. Yes,
0: that's incredible. Don't
1: you come back here without a baby.
0: It basically Nicholas Cage, uh, Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter, two great movies that year. Broadcast News and uh, Raising in Arizona. She, you know, kind of moves up a bit. Close a list. Uh, Coen Brothers become directors to be reckoned with. Uh, their mm-hmm. next movie is one of my favorite movies of all time, Miller's Crossing. Uh, they just have this quirky style that still works to this day.
1: Oh yeah, John Goodman. I mean, come on. And, and there's countless lines. I'll be taking these huggies and whatever cash you got. I mean, what. That, uh, Raising Arizona, my number one. Uh, I, I love that movie. So r- everyone go out and watch Raising Arizona and Broadcast News. For me, number eleven was Summer School. Number twelve, Dirty Dancing. Yes, number thirteen, that, Nightmare on Elm Street. That. The Dream Warriors. Nightmare That's on Elm Street. Dream 10 Ten Warriors. Yeah, I know. I, I was I, I was close. And then Secret of My Success, which we talked about. And number fifteen was Wall Street.
0: Oh, I forgot Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: right. was, I was, I was actually stunned, Bonnie, that you didn't put Wall Street on there. That
0: mm, <laughs> hold on.
1: I know. Are you gonna are you gonna swap out something for Wall Street?
0: I'm just I'm just gonna tie Wall Street and broadcast news.
1: Okay, for number one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm do. Hey, um, do me a favor, email me that list and email me your music list. I'm gonna put that on Facebook when I promote our podcast, even though I oh. probably said it off the air, but you know, it is what it is.
1: No, no, we'll put it we can talk about it on the air. Uh, we'll do that for promotion for promotional purposes. I will email you my list. if I can find the music list from last week, I'll um, certainly email that.
0: And then since we were talking about what's going on. So Eric, uh, next week is Christmas weekend. We're not going to do a podcast that weekend. Um, then the year after that, the week after that, do you, you want to do it on New Year's day or do you want to wait a week?
1: I do not want to do it on New Year's day because that day is my birthday.
0: Oh, <laughs> on New Year's Eve then no that's happy birthday uh i am looking to have a little treat for you for your birthday when we do our podcast in two weeks so we're going to pod on the week on on uh january 8th what are we going to do eric we're going to do a preview of the year 1988 and then some interesting things in 83 what we're going to go over for that year in the podcast how's that i
1: think that'll be kick-ass i think that that that's a great idea and um at that time also uh we'll go over um how many times we need, how many people we need, we we, we will have an apology list uh, <laughs> for all the people that we've offended in the last uh, year.
0: Actually, we don't have that many this year because we didn't do that many pods for a while because we were both busy. So oh, yeah. it's going to be a lot smaller this year than it was in 2021. Yes,
1: 2021. As always, as all, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. You're, you're right about that. As always, we'd like to announce once again uh, and thank Val Kilmer for everything he does.
0: We love you. I don't think he had a movie in 87 that I know of, but we love you, Val. You're my man. Yes. And the anniversary of him, tweeting me back. Yay. All right, Eric, anything you want to say before we leave?
1: I oh, don't know. As always, Monty, I want to say Merry Christmas to you, and uh, Happy New Year. And also, I want to say to you, thank you for keeping all this together and for doing that and for making uh, 80s Only rock and for making the 80s memorable for me.
0: Exactly. Um, so, hey, that's uh, 80s Only for this week for Eric Twenty. I am the 80s girl himself, Monty Griffin. See you next week! Hello. Bye bye.